0: And welcome to the In Contention Podcast. I am Ruben Bressler and I am joined by Matt Cranstuber. Good afternoon. And Joey Pasco. Hello. How's it going, folks? Very good. Good. very
1: good. Very good. It's
0: Merry uh Christmas.
1: <laughs> it is Christmas Eve. It's uh, it? I think the first time I've ever done anything magic related on Christmas Eve. This is uh, yeah. this is a new new thing for me. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: it's it's not like we're in the Christmas. Uh, well, we're in the Christmas spirit, but we're not doing the Christmas activities just yet. We record this early enough in the day that uh, that we don't have to uh, have family activities going on yet. Although I imagine my family is downstairs, um,
1: you know, having breakfast. And well, speaking of the Bresler family, I did get to meet them yesterday.
0: Yeah, Cranny came over with uh, my parents yesterday because I'm I I'm have, in the office right now. Yeah, my,
1: so. My wife and I drove Ruben home from Grand Prix Indianapolis because we have a family there. And uh, after a small debacle on uh, trying to track down Ruben's keys, we were paid in baked goods by Ruben's mom. And these are seriously <laughs> some of the best cookies I've ever had. They are uh, they are quite good. So t- I, I sent him a text uh, about an hour after we left. And I got home and I was eating them. I was like, tell your mom thank you. Yep. These cookies are delicious. So, so so,
2: not only did I miss out on Grand Prix Indianapolis with you guys, and and Sam, you're also mixed and, and Sam, out on Sam, delicious baked goods. I also missed out on on the baked goods. So well, that, that yeah, that, that was, nice.
1: was the other highlight. It's uh, <laughs> as soon as I got home, uh, Sam came over, and um, it was awesome. Like just just chatting with him, and um, and we're uh, we're doing a small gift exchange uh, between the two of us, and um, he uh, he's still on Seattle time. And before I knew it, it was past midnight. I'm like, dude, I I gotta go to work in <laughs> six hours. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it was awesome being able to see him. So he's back in town for for a time. So did great. you have think,
0: to work today, Cranny?
1: Yes, I'm 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 actually working. Um, I'm doing this on my lunch break. So, <laughs> oh jeez. Nice. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So wait, we got I some... have
0: some things to tell people. What, what oh. could you possibly have to tell us? Hold on, Roll hold on. In? I have some information for you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. The In Contention podcast is the official podcast of the Star City Games Open Series. And on January 5th and 6th, the Open Series comes to Columbus, Ohio, which is where I am right now, with $10,000 prize pools in both Standard and Legacy. If you can't be there, be sure to tune in to scglive.com and catch Ari Lax and Adam Prozac with Glenn Jones in the sideboard bringing you all the action. The Twitter hashtag for this event is scgcol, so you can use that to join in on the discussion. If you can't make it out, be sure to check out an invitational qualifier tournament near you. Go to starcitygames.com open series page for a complete listing at com slash scgop.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a great tournament. And uh, there's a non-zero chance that i will be playing in one or more days of this open series Mm. so i've been playing a ton of standard magic yes yes (laughs) so i love legacy so there's like that's probably the more likely scenario but i've also been playing a ton of standard and i'm feeling pretty good about uh the decks that i've been playing lately so may have to get up and, and go to that but of course all the Amazing people from Ohio will be there, but uh, anyway, we, we got a uh, di- little bit different show today. We only have two topics to talk about. One of one of them isn't even really a topic. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do is gift of the Magi, the Gathering. That's our our first hashtag, which uh, we've got each of each other gifts, and hopefully they are not like the gift to the Magi. Uh, you know, where like Joey got me a deck box, and uh, I sold my deck to pay for Ruben's you know mustache whatever oh, but then Ruben right. sold his mustache and then, then I mustache. shaved my
0: mustache hair to yeah. buy Joey a uh, Ravens ticket and then <laughs> Joey I gave make up the Ravens game Joey had to move out yeah he couldn't make it to the Ravens game <laughs> because he was working extra hard to buy Cranny uh, sleeves, the deck box. which he yes, has, so, deck yeah, deck, had the deck box. Yeah. box. This is so, yeah. a really okay. expensive deck box,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and really yeah, expensive
0: yeah. mustache hair. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, and so that's our that's our first thing we go through. But then uh, there's something that we talked about. Uh, it actually came from, um, our you know by our centennial episode in which we talked to the listeners and asked about you know a show that they wanted to hear about. And so this is um this episode is going to focus on. The Beginner Slash Returner's Guide to Magic, and uh, during which we're going to talk about a number of different formats that exist. Uh, if, you know, this would be geared toward people that haven't played the game in a while. Maybe uh, maybe they they they've been on a two or three year hiatus, and they just kind of want to understand the lay of the land, what standard looks like, what draft looks like, uh, or maybe it's a new player that's never played the game before. Maybe they played duels and the planeswalkers, and they're kind of just coming back uh, to you know they want to see what what other options are there for playing. So we're going to really Dive deep into that, but uh, I want to do these gifts because I got two um wrapped presents sitting in front of me from uh, from Ruben and Joey, and I'm, I really wanted to uh, to open these up so yeah, um, so you, 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 should, you, yeah. you should
0: open those now. I, I'll make a note that I am in Columbus, so I did not get Joey's gift in the mail yet, but I will get okay. it when I get back to Roanoke. But I, I got the same thing that Cranny got, right? Yes, really? that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So this will be like he's opening both of our presents for us.
1: Right. Okay. So I, that said, I'll actually go first. Uh, it looks like Joey encased this thing in armor, so it may take me a second to get this one. <laughs> So it's a it's a box, and it has something, maybe a little bit telling on the front cover. <laughs> it it m- might be. It may be a spoiler <laughs> alert. So Let's see. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. So what I have here, folks is in contention stickers, oh man, are amazing, oh my goodness dude are this... those
0: really in contention stickers yes,
1: they're awesome that's they're like awesome. they're about uh two and a half inches by two inches um, and they have our logo on them and these are super badass Joey these are amazing, thank you yes. awesome.
0: man that's awesome yeah i I, w- I know we needed
2: stickers, and I was like this this seems like something cool that not only can can us three enjoy, but we can give them out because that's the point. I uh, that that is the intention also. Just in case you, Matt and Kevin, yeah, uh, yeah. you guys didn't realize, don't put the stickers on everything that you own and not give any <laughs> away. Yeah,
1: that <laughs> would not many, be be in stickers? the Christmas spirit. How many I don't you know. Made? This it's, looks like a million. So I'll be
0: able to give these out to.
1: Everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. You definitely will be able to give these out. These are these are really cool. So uh, all right. So that said, if you're going to be at Star City, Columbus. You can track me down, and I will have tokens and stickers to give out to anybody who comes up and uh, says they're listening to the show. So, Joey, thanks, thanks, dude. Sure Very cool. Thing.
2: Thanks, man. You're welcome. <laughs> Merry Christmas and happy uh, Hanukkah, Ruben. Yeah, Santa. thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, all right. So, I guess I'll be Santa. And uh... <laughs> should,
2: yeah, should I, should I, you know, mention the gift that I, I can? I can tell everybody what Cranny gave me. Okay, yeah. So sure. you're,
1: you're next. That's not yeah, something
2: uh, I can open because yeah, I've,
0: already,
2: yeah, <laughs> I've already opened and enjoyed it for hours already uh cranny sent me a uh a i guess it's an itunes link he bought me the uh nobuo i don't even know how to pronounce his name nobuo yuamatsu yeah close right? enough close enough yeah so it's the uh it's what it was from february 20th 2002 is that when the concert was it's, is that i
1: think mean, yeah yeah something like that it's um
2: it's basically well, I mean, tons of Final Fantasy music, uh, orchestrated Final Fantasy music, which, uh, if you don't know, Cranny is a huge fan of, and so am I. And I know I was asking Cranny for uh, for some advice, because I only had, like, one—I had a couple tracks from two different uh, discs, and that was all I had. So uh, Cranny uh, was able to— parlay that idea into the Christmas gift, which was awesome, because I've been listening to the thing non-stop, just on repeat, at work for eight hours, <laughs> nice. and then in the car. Uh, I just absolutely Well, love part is so. coming soon,
1: because Brink of Time, man, I'm telling you, it is a great jazz album. That's a, I didn't get to find the other half, because it's so rare, I could not find a place to download it on the internet, uh, or purchase it. It's not on iTunes, but it's, uh, it's a Mitsuda album, and so you'll you'll get that one, too. It's It's just as good, but And then
2: then the other one that you just gave me this morning, too, was, uh, was, it was, what, ActRaiser. uh, Yeah, yeah. Which is a game I completely forgot about. I never owned it, but a a friend of mine did, and I just played it with him all the time. And, uh, so the music is immediately bringing back, like, a flood of memories. So, like, (laughs) I mean, I haven't gotten to listen to anything but about half of the first track, because I literally just did it, uh, just got the, the files before we started recording. But... Fantastic. Uh,
0: thank you, Cranny. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh I will go next because uh we're gonna we're gonna round out with my gift to you two. Um, I got uh, a t shirt from Cranny that has a drawing on it that a fan made. Um the fan's named Brian, he you can follow him at Rivarian on Twitter. He's an altruist and an artist. Um, and I have a t-shirt with the, this just in, I am a token painting, (laughs) drawing thing that he made that was my Facebook profile picture for a while. And, uh, so, (laughs) so I have a t-shirt with my face on it,
1: (laughs) which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I figure you know, it gets, uh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the weird uncle. I got you a gag gift with your own face on the shirt. I
0: like it. It's awesome.
1: (laughs) So I actually really like that art that he did. It's, um, yeah. It's just like in, uh, it, 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 he did it in acrylic or something, but it's super simple. It's very expressive. So I, I liked it. It was fun working on it. I kind of was like playing around with it in Photoshop. And and uh, I want one. I'm going to make one myself. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, all right. So then Ruben's gift is right here. Very nicely wrapped. I don't know if yours is nice like this, Joey, but mine is.
0: By nicely wrapped, you mean haphazardly wrapped?
1: Oh, this is really nice. So, okay. So I'm going to open this, Joey, and I don't know if yours is wrapped. Oh, nice. This is nice. So what we have is the three tokens that were commissioned um, from Inkwell Looter with uh, our likeness on them in a really cool, like, clear frame, uh, like uh, this white frame. This is badass, dude. I love it.
2: Yeah, I I uh I opened mine right away. I didn't hold off <laughs> for the <laughs> show. Um so I uh, came in the mail I guess uh Saturday and uh immediately went looking around where can I put this? Where can I put this? And it's it's on, it's on a shelf uh with, you know, a bunch of other pictures and things. So uh, I found some room for it and uh nice. it's, it's pretty awesome. Like it it really looks nice when they're like, kind of mounted I guess like that. Mounted is maybe not the right word, but uh you know, just frame yeah just framed nicely and, and, and yeah it, it looks like, really cool
1: so yeah well uh I'll try to take some some uh some rough snapshots of stickers and the stuff and the and the t-shirt look yeah, but put them on the 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 facebook page but uh yeah guys thanks thanks a lot and Merry Christmas yeah, for sure. yeah you so, too
0: thanks Merry Christmas to everybody out there We'll be Absolutely, sure to give yeah. you stickers and tokens and things.
1: Well, and hugs. all the listeners had a had a great holiday. If you're listening to this, it's actually probably after the holiday. We hope that you had a, a very safe uh, and fun holiday. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's dig into today's show topic. So, um, the way that we're going to structure this is just kind of start from the top. Really, uh, you know, like I said, this might not be the the uh, the most uh, topical topic for our current batch of listeners, but, uh, this may be a good opportunity for our listeners who have friends that maybe haven't, you know, played in a long time or, or are coming back into the game, that you might be able to point them to this episode and kind of help them to, you know, fu- you know, take their, take their game to the next level. Um, and, uh, so what we're going to do first is kind of talk about formats and, uh, And, you know, what makes up each format and kind of how they play out. Because a lot of people, you know, when they were playing, you know, extended was like the main big format. There wasn't, you know, there was like legacy or 1.5. And so, you know, we can kind of talk through those. So why don't we just start at the top? Um, There's two main types of play. There's, of course, competitive and casual. So we'll talk about some of the casual formats too. But let's start at the top. Let's start with competitive. And uh, so, I don't know, I I guess uh, we can just kind of round-robin it because there's a bunch of different competitive formats out there. We've outlined five of them. And uh, the the five main competitive formats are standard, legacy. constructed. Yeah, Yeah. constructed. Uh, Yeah, so then competitive is broken into constructed and limited. Uh, So these are the constructed formats. So we have standard, legacy, vintage, modern. And then uh, I I put popper as an option here because uh, online is actually very... Uh, popular and very competitive, but uh, I kind of have that on there. So uh, let's start at the top. So standard um, is you know it's it's probably the most popular format for wizards. I would say it's their flagship constructive format. It really drives uh, a lot of the direction of new sets, and as they're you know designing them for a limited and constructed in mind, standard's really the, the the core of how wizards is designing sets.
0: Yes, I would say that wizards. Pretty much exclusively designed sets for Limited, which is, so for those of you who are brand new to Magic, the difference between Constructed and Limited is, Constructed, you build your deck at home and bring it to the tournament. Limited, you get handed packs, you open the packs at the event and you build a deck there at the event. Yeah. And so it's sort of a, um, there's not as big of a barrier to, to, to initial entry. Um, it's a different skill set than, than constructed. But constructed is, uh, the most popular because, um, there's, there's somewhat, it, there is a perceived notion that there is less variance, although Grand Prix results in limited Grand Prix would tend to, uh, have you disagree with that, uh, <laughs> That the that there's more variance in limited, considering that all the best players tend to top eight the limited grand prix more yeah. often. But going back to standard, standard is the most <coughs> popular format. It's the format that drives the bus, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the most recent edition or uh, summer expansion, uh, which are now named the M followed by a number. Currently, right, so- it's M thirteen. Uh, and then the two most recent blocks. A block is three sets: the fall, winter, and spring sets that are themed together. In they're typically themed together in a storyline. Uh, the two most recent blocks are the current block, Rav, uh, Return to Ravnica, and the previous block, Innistrad, which is Innistrad, uh, Dark Ascension, and Avicen Restored. Now currently there's only one block or one set in the current block, which is Return to Ravnica. Right. However, the winter set is going to be coming out soon. That is going to be Gate Crash. And the spring set is going to be Dragon's Maze. And so once spring rolls around, around April ish, I would say, right? Yeah. Yeah. March, Aprilish, um, you're going to have seven sets in standard.
2: Right, the three from Innistrad block and then the, the three from Return to Ravnica block, uh, plus the one core set which comes out every summer. Uh, basically all the sets are aligned with a season as, as Ruben kind of, uh, demonstrated there. Um, so you can kind of, you know what to expect. The, the fall brings the start of a new block and it's, it's, uh, you, uh, the, also what the fall does is it pushes out the old block. Like wh- it, when the new block starts, so like Return to Ravnica, was released and when that became legal uh which was right after its release it pushed out the block that had come before Innistrad block which was Scars of Mirrodin block um and it pushed out all three sets of that particular block uh Standard is the format that I think you know it's the most dynamic because it's always being refreshed with uh with a lot of with just a whole whole new sets coming out and they have each set has a pretty big effect on the standard format because the f- standard format is only made up of, you know, f- uh, five to seven sets. Uh, actually, there can be eight sets. Maybe we'll get to that in a- <laughs> uh, when we talk a little bit more about rotation, if we want to get delve into that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Go
0: ahead, Rudy. Uh, so, yeah, so I'll, I'll just briefly explain what, what you mean by that, which is... Um, the way it used to be, if you're an old school player, you remember that like seventh edition, you know fifth edition, eighth edition used to come out every two years, and so you'd have an edition uh every two years, and then those would alternate with other summer sets, like both of the unsets would come out in the summer, uh cold snap came out in the summer, yeah. uh one year we had for a four set block with Lorwyn and Shadowmoor and Morning Tide and Eventide. Yes. Um, but now they are on a every year system. And so after a new core set comes out, which the next one will be Magic 2014, uh, both 2013 and 2014 will be legal for a three-month period.
1: And so it's, it's important and to know that these, these sets are a little bit different than the way that they used to do base sets. Um, you know base sets used to be entirely reprints, and now the way that they do them is there are roughly fifty percent reprints uh, usually functional or named, and then the other you know fifty percent are new cards and uh, So what this allows wizards to do is you know some cards they just don't want to have in the standard environment for the full two years
0: right, right? so things like Master of the Wild Hunt, for example, if you go look that card up or uh, Fauna Shaman, those were only around for one
1: rotation.
2: Yeah. So, so, uh, as I was kind of saying with Standard, because it's constantly refreshed and because it's only made up of a a few sets, uh, every set has a larger impact on it because it's, you know, it's a... Percentage of cards related to the format is uh, is higher. So, the the format's constantly changing. And if you're the type of person that really wants the game, wants to see evolution uh, in in your format, wants to be playing this kind of deck, and then you get bored of it fast, and you wanna wanna change uh, decks, uh, you know, a few months later, you can completely be playing something entirely different. And it's really uh, it's one of those formats where. <laughs> Re- really, I mean, it just—it's an evolving format, and it evolves faster, I think, than than most uh, other constructed formats.
1: Yeah, so standard is uh, is a great place to start if you if you haven't played constructed Magic before, or like I said, if you came from Duels of the Planeswalkers and you know you've played the pre-constructed decks that they've given you. Um, so the current standard environment is. A pretty good one to come into, I think. Um, there's not a, there's not an awful lot of complexity as far as, you know, the decks are... You know, there there's, there are many that are very skill-intensive, but I think that, uh, in general, it's a pretty forgiving format. Um, you have a lot of big mid-range cards, and mid-range is a, is a type of strategy, um, and uh, that's something that we're going to probably get to a little bit toward the end to talk about... Um, you know, the different, I guess maybe, maybe we could get into right now. So, um, the way that, uh, like, if you read Magic Strategy or if you listen to podcasts or, or you're playing, um, it, Magic Strategy, as far as deck types, are broken into three basic categories. So you have your aggro strategies, your mid range strategies, and then your control. And then combo is sort of like the, the fourth strategy in there. And so mid-range is, uh, so, so I guess we'll start with aggro. Aggro is usually creature-oriented. It's um, designed to play early creatures and then follow it up with disruption in the way of counterspells, discard, um, temple plays, those kinds of things, in, in order to seal the game up very quickly before your opponent has a chance to uh, advance his board state. Aggro is a
0: very good place to start if you're new to magic.
1: Yes, absolutely, and that's that's not uh, that's not because it's simple. Aggro is actually uh, has a lot of complexity to it. It's actually just uh, something that I think is more forgiving to players than playing something like you know mid range or control. Because if you make a mistake, the cards are sort of designed in a way that um, are able to sort of mitigate that risk. So if you happen to you know play the wrong land or you know play the wrong removal spell. The power of your cards, the you know, being able to kind of play them early sort of offsets that. Yeah. So the, the next, uh, of course, the next strategy is mid range, like we were talking about. And mid range usually, you know, it kind of like is stays true to its name. Uh, you, you think about the the critical turn, or like the turn in which you're actually going to start doing meaningful things. Usually, is be turn, between turns three and five, <laughs> um, and it involves a strategy that. Um, is usually a little bit more slow moving often involving big swingy cards and um, but uh, is a is a nice mix between aggro and control and of course control is a very slow moving usually methodical um, doesn't end up winning the game until much late you know the much later turns in the game sometimes you know between turns 15 and 20 um, and it usually tries to lock the game up with cards that Uh, control the game like wrath of god effects sweepers counter spells um and those types of cards and then uh, finally combo is a deck type that involves usually one to two cards sometimes three that interact in a way that uh cause you to win the game when they resolve so if you're an old school player you know the best example of this would be something like illusions of grandeur donate um if, uh, if you've played in the last 10 years, maybe something like Tooth and Nail, getting Cheeky Cheeky and um, Sundering Titan or something. Uh, just any number of cards that when you resolve them, you're pretty much going to win the game on the spot. So right now, Standard has a couple combo decks in the format. There's a, um, there's a reanimator list, a humans reanimator list that uh, has you dump a bunch of cards in your graveyard and then reanimate an Angel of Glory's Rise Uh, in order to reanimate your entire graveyard, which, you know, it's a pretty good strategy. And there's also a Goblins list that uh, you make a bunch of Goblin Tokens and then play Burn at the Stake or uh, play a bunch of Ritual Effects and then throw a huge Fireball at your opponent. So there's a good mix, I think. In in the current standard, I think we have a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. Um, Wizards has been shying away from combo decks in recent years. So if you've been used to playing combo, you might not like the current standard environment as much because Wizards is very wary of, uh, of previous formats in which, uh, the larger the card pool gets as the year goes on, the closer to summer we get, the more cards there are available and the better combo gets because enough things will be able to get pieced together that, you know, degenerate things can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the, uh, another thing to, to note is that, um, you old school players will know this, but there is a sort of rock, paper, scissors-ish metagame happening. The metagame, of course, is a word that magic players like to use to describe, uh, the, the current environment of types of decks players play, um, and pretty much always, it works out that uh, mid-range is able to beat aggro uh, most of the time, because the mid-range creatures are just that just slightly bigger, and they have the same amount of elimination, and so being a turn slower is mitigated by the fact that they just have bigger guys. Yeah. Control is able to beat mid-range, be- for the most part. Mm-hmm. again. Control is able to keep up with mid-range because it's not overly quick. It, it doesn't overpower Control. Control is able to get its lock in place before mid-range is able to kill it. Uh, the other thing is that, uh, for the most part, mid-range decks do not play direct damage spells that are typically red spells that, say, deal some amount of damage to something. Um, for the most part. Uh, and then, alternatively, Control loses to aggro a lot of the time, because aggro is just too quick. Aggro is able to throw a bunch of things on the board and deal enough damage before control can play its Wrath of God effect that destroys all of the creatures. And then tap out as a result of that, leaving aggro to do whatever it wants on its turn 4 or 5. And often aggro runs creatures with haste, which means that they can attack the turn they come into play. Combo sort of sits in a weird place because combo uh, is not any one type of strategy. There are lots of different types of combo. So you can have um, big mana type of combo, like with Tooth and Nail, which revolves around one card that costs nine mana. Um, and Control is typically able to deal with that because it costs nine mana. So the... Control deck has has time to set up. There are other con- uh, combo decks that control has a lot of trouble with, um, and so it's sort of this give and take with with what type of combo deck there is. But currently in standard, which is the the format we're talking about, there aren't as many combo decks because Wizards prefers people to be playing the game that they designed in the first place, and I don't think that they had combo in mind when they first designed. <coughs> excuse me, when they first designed Magic. Um, they, they designed it to be very creature centric. Creatures are the most important uh, aspect to magic, and they've recently been pushing creatures a lot more.
2: Yeah, I think um, one thing I wanted to add about you know the different deck archetypes. Uh, I think one way to look at the spectrum is where wh- when you're thinking what kind of deck do I want to build, you ask yourself where do I want my deck's strength. Strengths to lie. Do you want the early game? You want the strength to be in the early game, the mid game, or the late game? And so you can say the early game is all the aggressive decks. There. Once it gets to the late game, it's you're probably in pretty uh, bad shape if you're an aggressive deck. You're and and you're in the late game. Your opponent's cards, assuming that you're playing against a mid range or a or a control deck, are likely going to be way more powerful because you're trying to maximize the uh, the early game. You just want to be. Have your the strongest part of your strategy taking place in the earliest turns, and then same thing. Mid range is you know the middle turns, and then the the control decks want to live until the late game, and that's one of the reasons why aggro presents a problem to control is because it can do so much damage so early that if the control deck can't uh, if it, the control deck stumbles a little bit can't deal with all the threats it just loses. Right, yeah. so uh, it, that's kind of why that that breaks down that way. Like, um, and then the, the other the parallel for those of you guys that might be might like like football and like I do, uh, I like to compare magic to football a lot. And this is how a friend of mine, Ryan, got into the game. I described it this way: where you have these aggressive decks; they just want to score tons of points early, and so their defense, the strength of their defense, doesn't matter because. They're going to score so many points that they're just going to put the game out of reach. Um, their defense can let the other team score some because they're they're just going to score so many points. And by the time the game's over, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side. The control decks are like kind of like the two thousand Ravens, where their their offense was awful, but all they did was just play defense. They just defense, 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 and chip away uh, at the opponent. And then you know in the end, come away with a win, even though your offense is awful or nice or, analogy just, yeah
0: yeah i like it and then mid-range is like you're okay at both and then combo is uh you play the wildcat a
1: lot yeah and do a lot of <laughs> trick plays yeah nice nice yeah the harlem globetrotters yeah, of, uh, <laughs> yeah. so you know right now standard like i said you know it has one full block in the industry block which was you know there's some mechanics that you may recognize if you haven't played in a while uh flashback is in there um, it also has a strong theme um, as far as they had a tribal theme for humans, werewolves. And uh, so there's some flip cards and some other things. So we won't get too much into that, but uh, except to say that Ravnica block, the current you know base set, it has another large set coming out, Gatecrash, uh, actually here in about a month. And that set is going to have um, the... Well, ra- the first Ravnica set had... Five guilds and guilds are just two color combinations. So if you played back, you know, in the original Ravnica, it's very similar to that. So um, and they are reprinting. They're called Shocklands. Uh, so if you if you play standard, you'll probably need to at some point own some number of Shocklands, and these are basically just uh, lands that have two basic land types, but they enter the battlefield tapped unless you pay two life. So uh, there are you know the red green. Is called Stomping Ground, and uh, so if you pay two life, you can have red or green man on the first turn. So they're actually very, very good. But, um, yeah, so the, the landscape is constantly changing, and uh, it's actually very nice because if you buy into a particular deck, you know, magic can be an expensive hobby, as you, I'm sure, have found out, um, but if you buy into standard, it's pretty forgiving uh, in that, you know, decks are constantly becoming good or becoming bad, But uh, if you play it like a fairly reasonably sized FNM, which is called Friday Night Magic, which we'll talk about when we talk about tournaments, is uh, your deck has a pretty reasonable shot of, every time a new set comes out, being able to be revitalized in a way that, you know, before maybe it wasn't as competitive, you weren't winning games, and all of a sudden they print a card that just makes it work. So that's why Standard, I think, is so elegant and uh, it keeps players coming back. And if if you are if this is your first constructive format, your first you know real foray into constructive Magic Standard is definitely where I'd start. So um, some good resources for Standard, of course, would be to read up on Standard articles. There are people you know uh, doing video series and things. Um, but we're actually going to touch on that a little bit when we talk about uh, reference sites. So we'll, we'll get to that toward the end. But uh, we do have some other. Constructive formats that we want to try and cover here, and, and give you you know an understanding of what else is out there. And uh, that the next one is another flagship format of wizards, which is called modern. And um, this is one that uh, if you are, if you do read magic websites, if you you know are going to Friday Night Magic and, and hearing people. Talk about Magic. This is one that's been getting a lot of press. It's actually very new. It was only invented just in the last couple of years. And uh, Modern is basically, uh, if you played Magic a long time ago, it's uh, Wizard's new version of Extended, basically. And uh, w- But it's a non-rotating format. It's from 8th edition forward. That includes 8th, 9th, 10th, all the M sets. As well as Miradin, so this is the original Miradin that was printed back in 2003, I believe. So that's basically the last 10 years worth of blocks plus base sets, and uh, there is a fairly comprehensive band list. And uh, what a band list is is there are a list of cards that uh, you know sometimes Wizards creates cards that are perfectly reasonable when they're in standard but when they go to these other formats they're so good or they're so um uh overpowered that they warp the format and so rather than have um them you know try to like let these people fight it out with these really powerful or broken cards and if someone says broken it means it's very very good um they create a list. so uh, an example of this is there's a card called skull clamp and uh, this is one that they printed a long, long, long time ago, and it's pretty much stayed banned for the last ten years in pretty much every format it's been in, because it's so powerful. And uh, so there's there's a number of those. I, I believe there's uh, at least a dozen, maybe a dozen and a half cards on the modern ban list, and um, it's a it's a very very good format. What do, you, what, do you guys, what do you guys have to say about that?
0: We've had a lot of discussion on this show about modern in general. Um, and we will surely have more in the future. Um, this podcast is the the, po- the podcast itself is the podcast of the Star City Games Open Series, which doesn't currently run modern uh, tournaments. Um, we will talk about Legacy in a moment, which is the other uh, non the other main non rotating format. Um, but quickly, I just wanted to point out that Standard is pretty much the uh, there is another non there is another rotating format, and it is called Block, which means that you're only allowed to use the cards from the current block. So right now, it will only be cards from the set Return to Ravnica, which will shortly be joined by Gatecrash. Non-rotating formats are constantly getting larger and larger and larger. And while that, earlier, if you recall, I said that uh, um, combo decks tend to get more powerful as as the format gets bigger, which is true. However, all of the other sets are able to, uh, to do that as well, um, and so the aggro options are much more plentiful, and you're allowed to have uh, hedges against uh, the, the combo and the control decks. For example, if you're an aggro deck, you get to run a card that is very good against certain types of storm. Which is another type of combo deck. So you're allowed to run Ether Sworn Canonist or something like that. So you're allowed to create an aggro deck or a mid range deck or a control deck that has a way to interact easily with uh, the other types of decks because you have so many more options at you know because Wizards prints so many creatures and so many uh, other types of disruption spells that um, that it's uh, that, that it's able to hedge your hedge your bets against those types of decks so that the combo doesn't just take over automatically. The last non-rotating format is called Legacy. Legacy includes all the sets, except yep. for it also has a banned list.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> and its banned list is very big because some of the cards from way, way long time ago are way, way, way too powerful. Some of those cards you can play right now on the Magic Online Cube. And those include cards like Black Lotus, which is one of the most iconic cards in Magic, um, that is particularly unfair in a format that can use, you know, three free mana. Hmm. If you want to play those cards, you can play Vintage. Vintage is a format where it also has a banned list, but the banned list mostly includes cards that use uh, an old – that either includes uh, manual dexterity measures like Falling Star. So there's a card called Falling Star where you have to throw it up in the air and whatever it lands on, it kills, which you you can't do that anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you don't get – sorry. I was going to say it's probably worth noting that Vintage and Standard – used to be called Type 1 and Type 2. Yeah. So this is, like, really a long time ago. Like, probably, you know, we're looking at 12 to 14 years ago. Um, I mean, maybe maybe not even that long ago. But uh, so Type 1 was vintage. And so if you think of cards like Black Lotus, Moxes, Sol Ring, that's that format. And um, it doesn't really have a very big following. It's almost like Magic's cult uh classic right so you have yeah you know you have these groups of players that you know they either play it because they enjoy like a lot of pro players like really like this format even though it's clearly like the most high variance format and variance is something that you're going to hear a lot thrown around um in magic articles podcasts whatever people use the term variance and um I'm, I'm not the best with definitions, but I'll give you an example of a variance uh, play, or, some, or, or uh, of experiencing variance. So if you're in Vintage, if your opponent plays a land in a Black Lotus and plays a first turn four mana card, the fact that they drew their one of that generates three mana to be able to play this card, that's an example of variance. So it's, it's, it's the odds going against you uh, or with you, when they're not in your favor, or in your thirds. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh, so I'm not, again, I'm not like the best. All I know is that... And uh,
0: vintage is the most high-variance format, because it also has a restricted list. Restricted means you get to run one copy. <clears throat> not four. One. And there's a uh, extensive restricted list that's very similar to Legacy's band list. Not exactly the same. Um, but uh, so there 's there are many decks that run oh i don 't know thirty singletons mm. so that 's that 's a format that you 're probably that 's probably not baby 's first format um, probably want to hold off on playing vintage until you 're used to a little bit of legacy and a little bit of standard unless you want to jump in the deep end that 's cool
1: you know yeah and, and you can if you if you wanted to you know because because a lot of you listening you may have. You may have dual lands. You may have forces of will. You may have all these old cards because you may have played. You may have played type one back in the day. You may have played extended. Heck, you may have even played these cards when they were standard legal. I, I'm not sure. So if you have uh, you know a dearth of those cards, you know, first of all, you, you could always trade those in to get standard cards because those cards are uh, I'll use the term liquid. You know, very easy to sell to dealers and players to be able to you know to furnish a deck, but also legacy. Uh, even though it's it's much more oriented toward combo and uh, and the control decks are very skill intensive to play, it is a format that I think is actually not an awful format for players to get into, you know, especially because it has weekly coverage through the starts of the Games.com open series, which is something we 'll talk about more in the tournament section um, but it's also I, I think one of the best supported community formats. Uh, Are we say, talk, we're talking best, about legacy now yes the best supported format in communities so like the community is actually very uh very big very active there's uh there's message boards out there yeah, very uh, passionate' lot, yeah. and very passionate and um and, and of course like I said as a player coming back in maybe you maybe you already have four underground Seas, four tunner. like hey I just want to play black blue green let's see what's out there um definitely a good place to to uh to start
2: yeah yeah i uh, I just wanted to mention you know I think the two most popular constructed formats are standard and legacy right uh, now. yes. I, I would completely agree. Right. That, that wasn't always the case. And I know, um, part of the reason for that, and again, we keep referencing it, but, uh, we'll get to it, but, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, star city Games starts running uh, legacy tournaments alongside their standard tournaments and, uh, being featured every week with, with live coverage where you can watch every weekend gives, you know, it, it kind of gives everybody a window into this format that they may have otherwise never really played or seen people play. And uh, the popularity has picked up immensely. And so I think uh, right now the the two pillars of Constructed are Standard and Legacy and, and Modern is a, uh, you know, a, a reasonably
1: close third, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think that we've – do you think that we can move on to the types of tournaments now?
1: Well, let's uh, just real briefly discuss Limited. Um, oh, right, sure. As a, as a show, we don't really do a lot of Limited discussion. When we do set reviews, we'll go through and talk about how you know a card might be good in Limited. But basically, we just want to talk about there's two types of Limited that you can play at your F&M or at other tournaments. One of those is Sealed. In uh, the current Sealed format is six packs of Return of Ravnica or if you are entering an M13 q it would be six packs of M13. And the idea is that you want to build the best possible deck that you can from the six packs that you get, and uh, usually uh, involves building a 40-card deck. You want to try to build it at the absolute minimum. So again, you want, to, you want to reduce the amount of variance that you have, so you want to make it so that... You are going to hit your the most powerful cards as often as you can, and the best way to do that is to play forty, which is the minimum. And um, so that usually, if you if you are building a deck, the sort of golden rule of building a limited deck is seventeen land, twenty three non land. So um, that's about as as good advice that we could give you unsealed, at least in the context of this show. But uh, the second format is draft, and that's one that all three of us love to play. It uh, it's it's actually my favorite format. And drafting is basically you sit down with six to eight players, uh, you know, hopefully no less than six, and you take the current set and you draft them. And what that means is you, you put the pack, you, you have three packs, you open up a pack, you take the best card that you want to build your deck around in the first pack, and then you pass it to the next person. Then you pick up their pack and so on and so forth. And uh, the current set or the current format for that is three packs of Return of Ravnica. When Crash comes out, it will be three packs of Gatecrash, right? And then the final, when Dragon's Maze come out, it will be Dragon's Maze, then Gatecrash, then Return to Ravnica. So what it does is, you, you know, you're kind of playing these formats and getting used to the interactions of the cards, and then finally, you know, this summer when, um, when Dragon's Maze comes out, you will be able to experience the vision that Wizards had for drafting all three sets so your decks are going to look totally different than when you did triple Ravnica or triple Gate Crash, but uh, you know the same sort of principle applies to playing Seal Deck. You want to try to maximize out on you know big threats. There's actually something called Bread if you ever want to read up on on limited draft strategies. That's one that's pretty popular. There's also a podcast called Limited Resources uh, hosted by Marshall Sutcliffe, and uh, he, he does coverage for, for Watsi and uh, a guy named Sean Lauchs, and they're very, very in tune with it. So, uh, but like I said, we, we don't do a lot of limited on the show, but we all are very huge fans of it. Um, and then I did, I guess, guys, you want, let's talk real quick about uh, it, the casual side of Magic. There are really two main casual formats out there. So let's say you're listening to this and you don't care to get into tournaments. You just want to kind of play with friends. Well, the two main ways that you can really engage other people in playing Magic, um, I'd say the number one way that casual players are connecting with each other is is a format called Commander uh, or Elder Dragon Highlander. And uh, this is a community-built format that actually has, like, some amount of, uh, I don't know what the word you would put around, uh, structure, I guess. They have, like, a rules committee, um, and basically it's a singleton format which means you, you can only have one of a card and your card is 100 <clears> cards or 100 cards or 99 cards large and then decades, you have called yeah. commander now it's very it would be, we could seriously fill up an entire hour to talk about the rules and kind of how you build decks but uh, if you are interested you could find any number of players at your local shop ask them about commander ask them about edh and they will talk your ear off. So uh, we, we, of course, we can't spend that much time here talking about that. And then, you know, similarly, in a, in a sad fashion, we can't talk about the best format that Magic has to offer, which <laughs> is cube. Um, and cubing is, is uh, drafting with um, a set designed by a person that is any any number of Magic cards from any sets in Magic's history. And uh, and you draft it just like a regular set. And again, that that one might be a little bit more intermediate. But uh, if you hear someone say, "Hey, do you want a cube?" and you have some amount of draft experience, then you make sure you say yes and uh, and sit down and check it out. But uh, there's there's of course resources out there. This website called Cubedrafting.com, and then I actually host a, another podcast called Joy of Cubing. And uh, so, if you are interested in those formats, be sure to check those out. So, Ruben, yeah. why don't you take off uh, on the tournament discussion?
0: Yeah, there are lots of spectacular websites that you can <clears throat> go jump off of this. This is just a this is sort of a table of contents for you, trying to uh, to give you a nice baseline. Yeah. So, the next step, now that you've decided that you want to come back to Magic or start playing Magic, congratulations! It's time to enter your first tournament. Don't Here's be afraid. Your Black Lotus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Magic tournaments can be scary places. Full of, you know, I don't want to say scary individuals, but, uh, people you don't, a lot of people you don't know. And so they can be intimidating, but, uh, but don't worry. Most of them are friendly, and almost all of them don't bite. (laughs) So, the place you're going to want to start is at your local card shop. You're going to want to look, call around. You're going to want to look up in the yellow pages or on your smartphone and be like, all right, let's find a comic book store. Why am I finding a comic book store? Well, typically, uh, places that sell comic books will either also be selling magic cards and have a scene there or will know where to send you. Right. Somewhere in your town or somewhere near you, there is going to be a store that runs magic tournaments on Friday nights. And these are going to be called Friday Night Magic. Friday Night Magic is probably where you want to jump in. <clears throat> it is the lowest barrier to entry <clears throat> uh, tournament that you can be in. Uh, you show up on Friday night around 6, maybe 7. And it's either uh, typically either standard or draft are the, your F&M choices. And depending on the size of your city, depending on the size of your store, F&M can be, oh, I don't know. Eight people, maybe 20, maybe 50, probably not much more than 50, but uh, it's, it's a weekly tournament where you go and you play a couple rounds, you know, three, four, five, maybe six, and you, uh, you battle. You just play Magic in a tournament environment. It's just like playing against your friends except that you're randomly assigned to people in a in a tournament setting. And uh, if you do well enough, you earn some prizes. One of the prizes that you will possibly get <clears throat> is what's called an F&M Foil, which is a promotional card that is created specifically for these events to help people uh, get more copies of cards that they need for various types of decks that they have. F&M is a great place to start. I suggest that you all go. Even if you've been playing for a while, folks out there, that Avoid FNM like the plague, um, because it's a great place to meet people. <clears throat> and magic is a, is secretly a team sport. And if you want to do well in tournaments, play against people that are better than you, so that you can get better. And that's 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 FNM, is where you build those local connections.
2: Yeah, I, one thing I did want to mention, uh, if for those that haven't played in tournaments and didn't realize uh it the every match is best two out of three oh Oh, sure uh something that we we hadn't mentioned um and so you'll you'll actually play two or as many as three games against each opponent and you know first one to win two games uh, wins that match and uh we didn't discuss sideboards and i don't know if you guys want to that get gets a that. little complicated but <clears throat>
0: very briefly you can describe sideboards
2: yeah, so, so basically a sideboard is, you know, you, you have your 60-card deck, or at least 60 cards. And opt, uh, ideally, it's only 60, maybe 61 cards. Uh, and uh, and then you ha- you can bring 15 other cards in what's called your sideboard. And these cards you're allowed to, uh, in- after the first game of each match, uh, you are allowed to switch cards out of your, your main deck, for cards that are in your sideboard. So uh, I know um, Ruben, I think, mentioned earlier about certain cards being
0: stronger against certain strategies. Right. And uh, So let's say you're a control deck and you're playing against a very fast, aggressive red deck. Well, you might want to put in your protection from red creature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you exactly. don't want to put it in your main deck because it's not good against any other deck. So you have them in your sideboard. So in between games, you can bring them in.
2: Yeah, so that, that's a sideboard, and you're allowed to use the, your sideboard in games two and three of a match. But in game one, you have to start with your main 60 cards. And don't mm-hmm. forget to switch back to your your main deck after each match because you can get into uh, hairy it's situations. <laughs>
1: yep. Yes. Uh, so – in addition to Friday Night Magic, stores are running a number of other tournaments. If Friday is not convenient for you, a lot of shops are running Saturday and Sunday events. They might want re- weekly drafts. Um, of course, with, with every set that comes out, there's a pre-release that usually goes on Saturday and Sunday. And that's uh, that gives you an opportunity to play with the new cards before they're actually released in stores. And then there's a release party which is, you know, after the set's out, they, they do more sealed events and drafts and things. Um, they, uh, Magic also has, or Watsi, or Wizards of the Coast, also has a number of things called Game Day, which is a way to promote, um, you know, the, the new Magic standard environment and players battled out for promotional cards. There's also something called Magic Celebration. Which is has a number of fun events and things for players so you know at the at the local level those are really good ways to get engaged you know with uh, with other players and be able to sort of you know build your skills out you know at the, at the more advanced side of things and you know this is probably definitely a phase two or three thing once you've sort of honed your game uh, there are a number of large events um, you know the everybody aspires to play on the pro tour which is something you'll hear about so there are things called pro tour qualifiers which are much more competitive than your FM, m usually a lot larger with a lot more on the line the winner being able to get a plane ticket to play on the magic pro tour for you know several hundred thousand dollar prize pool and uh, the uh, other a bit larger events are grand Prix events which are you know, uh, two day long magic tournaments, usually a constructed or limited format that, uh, you know, attracts th- sometimes thousands of players to come to them. So they're very, very fun, even if you aren't playing in them. If you want a place to trade or be around other magic players and just kind of hang out, Grand Prix are great. Um, another one very similar to Grand Prix are the starts of the games.com open series, which are um, usually four out of 600 people for standard on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they have a legacy event that's, you know, a couple hundred people as well. And uh, those are covered live by commentators. You may have heard our plug at the beginning of the show. Um, We happen to have two such commentators on the show here, but there's a number of pros and community members from, uh, you know, across the country. And they travel all over the place to to do these events. Um, And so they're a very, very good way to, if you want to get into competitive magic, you should watch these uh, streams because you have pro players and enthusiasts, you know, commentating on these matches, talking about you know here's the play by play, this is what this player is doing, and maybe where that player uh, should have played a different land, or maybe played a different spell, or maybe they missed an on board kill. This is where you can kind of get that commentary and really take your your game to the next level.
2: Yeah, I, d- I highly recommend it. Uh, it's something that's kind of come about in just the last handful of years where you actually can spend the entire weekend watching people play magic you know if you can't physically make it out to play yourself um you can you know if you just have a few hours chunks of time here and there you can go to scglive.com or star uh during the weekend when the event is happening and you can watch it live and watch people playing standard and legacy uh, standard on saturday legacy on sunday
1: absolutely and uh you know of course one of probably the best ways to get into Magic, if you you know maybe you're in another country that doesn't have you know a local presence, or maybe you're in a part of the United States that uh, you know you you have a two-hour drive to the nearest comic book shop. Um, a great way to play Magic. There's two ways. Uh, you could play something like Duels of the Planeswalkers, which is a fantastic game that they have out on the PlayStation Network. It's also an Xbox Live game, and maybe be on the PC at this point. And uh, of course, Magic Online, which is Basically, 99.9% of the interactions that you would get in Paper Magic, you can get on Magic Online. So you can play all the same formats that are available in um, you know, Paper Magic are on there. It's also a great way, if you like to draft a lot, it's, uh, you, know, you can find eight people to draft. Now, they're, they're all going to be random people, but uh, you can pretty much draft any time of day. Or night. Um, I'll just give you a small warning is that uh, it does involve having to, if you're going to play draft or, or be involved in a constructive format, um, it is not a subscription-based software. You actually have to pay for what are called digital objects, and you'll often refer, uh, hear Magic referred to as MODO, which stands for Magic Online Digital Object. Um, and uh, so if you want to play in these events, it usually costs – between 10 to fifty dollars to play, or actually, I should say 2 to $10 to play in, an, in events, um, and it usually takes what are called event tickets or packs to play in them. Of course, if you don't want to do that, maybe you just want to play uh, a, a practice or you want to just play casual, you could just buy the cards on there. They're usually cheaper, and uh, you can play as much standard as you want. You could play 10 hours in a row and not have to pay a single dime. You just play in the tournament practice room. It's a total blast. Uh, you can tweak your deck on there, but like I said, any card you buy or any card you want to play in your deck, you're going to have to buy from a, from a bot or from another player.
2: Yeah, I just also want to mention for those of you who might uh, have iPads, Duels of the Planeswalkers, which Matt mentioned a couple minutes ago, uh, is, is also available on iPad because that's i think that's a, the the new gaming
0: console for the new generation right now <laughs> that is yeah. that's the place to start if yeah. you are brand new to magic duels of the planeswalkers is the place to start and it will get you get the ball rolling on learning the basics of the game yeah, yeah for sure
1: and uh of course you know while people are streaming um magic online i'm sorry while people are playing magic online they may be streaming it and you heard you've heard us say stream before and uh so you know, in magic culture, we do a lot of streaming. If you play World of Warcraft or Diablo or Starcraft or uh, Dota or any of these games. Um, they're streaming on Twitch TV. A lot of magic players are streaming as well. So um, some guys that are that are out there doing their thing and are really fun to watch. Adam Prozac's a lot of fun. He plays a lot of different formats. Cedric Phillips is great, Michael Jacob. Um, there's a number of uh, of well known pros and and players that uh, have streams out there. Definitely worth checking out. Definitely a good way if you've uh, if you've got a desk job that allow you to kind of throw up a second window and just kind of have it on, or, or maybe uh, you know you want to watch something on Friday night and uh, you know you don't have anything else to do. Check it out. It's great. Twitch.tv and just type in Magic the Gathering whole bunch of stuff will pop up for
0: you. I would say one of the best people to follow if you're new to Magic, one of the best streams to watch is Brad Nelson. Oh, yeah. He's, right, a, right, yeah. he's a writer for Star City Games. He is a pro player. He was a player of the year in 2010. He, has, uh, he streams many, many times a week, and he especially has a, a fun environment uh, on Tuesdays Called Trainwreck Tuesdays, which I believe are getting restarted in 2013, um, and so you'll want to check out Brad Nelson's Twitch page. I believe you can find it on the Star City Games website if you look up Brad Nelson. I also think that it's—you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here—that it's Twitch.tv slash F Freak.
1: Yeah, something I like that.
2: That's correct. Yeah.
0: So that's a good place to uh if you if you're interested in watching a very good player uh play in, in a in a format and in uh, in, a, in a in a just watching in something that isn't doesn't have a high barrier to entry and you want to understand what's going on that's a good place to be absolutely
2: so uh so yeah uh I know we mentioned it a couple times but there's there's a few different resources that you can use to uh to kind of just learn more about the game, the official, you know, what we'll we'll refer to often as the Mothership is DailyMTG.com. That's the the official Magic the Gathering site. Uh, Articles there pretty much every weekday. Uh, StarCityGames.com. MTGSalvation.com is another place for articles and mostly forums. So if you want to discuss or ask questions, there's all sorts of uh, discussion forums there. And then MTG Reddit is uh, there's a lot of people using Reddit. I personally haven't Experience yet myself, but it is something that a lot of people. It's picking up in popularity, and uh, a lot of information on there as well. So, I
0: yeah. have a correction to make. It's FF Freak MTG. Ah, oh, okay. So Twitch TV slash FF Freak MTG. Okay. Yep, and there's a lot of other great streams out there you want to check out. So, yeah,
1: and uh, so of course, if you you know, as with anything, if you want to get really good at it, you just got to throw yourself into the mix. So um even if you didn't get a better picture of what standard is by you know listening to this podcast like i said show up to your local comic book shop tell tell a local player hey man i'm trying to get back into the game can you can you give me some pointers give me give me some places to look that's the best possible scenario for you you know find somebody magic players are great ambassadors for this game they are among the best. Especially if you find somebody who is eager to want to learn. Um, that's how I, I learned. That's how I'm sure, you know, Ruben and, and Joe, I'm sure that's how you guys learn. You just find somebody that takes you under their wing, yep. shows you the ins and outs, and then you know, magic is the kind of game that it keeps you coming back for more. It makes you want to continue to play because it's so dynamic, it's so fun that uh you just have to ignite that spark and the you know, whoever it is will just they 'll take it and run, so that's that's my advice just just find somebody to shop and uh and you know ask them questions
2: awesome yeah I, well I, done I agree so uh it was a packed episode, I think we need to wrap it up for now uh if you have questions you can always post them in the comments of the episode uh and we'll get back to you you can always contact us on twitter at incontention is the podcast at affinity for blue is myself joey uh ruben is at MoxRuby, that's r e u b y and then cranny is at kstube twitter is a great way to interact with uh with the community community as well want to highly recommend that um but uh unless you guys have anything you want to add
0: follow us on facebook uh, we have an In Contention Facebook that you can follow. You can keep up to date with our podcast that we we record weekly. Um, you can look at all my stupid videos on StarCityGames.com. I do the Newsening. Uh, it's a weekend update, basically, for the Magic community. We'll be back in 2013. Um, my most recent episode, The awarding, was my end-of-year awards show. So you might want to check that out. You might not get a ton of the jokes if you're brand new to Magic. But you know what? Some of the jokes aren't intended for people to get. They're just for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it, uh, you know, go go enjoy all that good stuff. And I'll see you in the
1: Yeah, and the next episode will actually be posted after the New year. So I hope you guys all have a safe and uh, hopefully fun New Year's, um, which is coming up here
2: so yeah. Yeah. happy holidays in general whatever holiday you want to celebrate
0: that's right.
1: And, right and
2: if
0: this episode got you back into magic or helped you get back into magic let us know
2: yeah yeah
0: um or if you know someone that uh, that this helped get them back into the swing of things that would be lovely for us to know so let us let us know sounds good all right that about wraps it up until next
2: year we are in contention